Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. We're in our series, Give Thanks. We've got a couple more weeks after this one, and it's going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. So as we jump in today, we're going to look at it a little bit differently. We're going to look at... Um, a picture again, and we're going to dive in, and I hope y'all are ready. I'm excited. Just in review, give thanks is based on Psalm 100, verse 4, that we enter his gates. Everybody say gates. Yes. With what? And his courts with? Praise. And so I believe as a body just now, not because I went bananas, I did not do that in the first service. I just felt like you said to do it, and we'll do it. But I believe we are in his courts. I do not believe that this church or this building or this old paint place that they used to do paint in that we made a glorified warehouse has anything to do with that. I think it's your heart because God, God will show you. God will love you and God will lead you and you don't have to worry about a building made by human hands. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving, of course, we praise. We give thanks to him and bless his name. That is our mandate. That is how we walk with him. When you feel frustrated by how your life is going and by how your walk is going, not some of the time, all of the time, one of these two have hit a wall. All the time. So you either don't have a relationship with God or you do have a relationship with him and your fellowship, your daily walking in freedom has hit a wall. Every time. Now, why? That's a different animal. But what and how is entering his gates and his courts? Because in the presence of God, everything changes. Everything changes. God's presence is where life is met, felt, and changes. I love to live on purpose, and we could talk leadership, and I get excited, and I'm, I'm pumped up. And I believe you should live a purpose-driven life, but it should start in the presence of God. Is everybody with me? Let's keep going. Today, specifically what we're talking about is the altar, the altar of God. So I want y'all to know this is the title, and I just like crazy titles, so if y'all don't care, then I don't either. It's good. But it takes an altar to truly alter your life. It's at the altar of God that your life is altered. It's at the altar of God that your life is altered so I'm going to talk about the second altar with an E for a second, and then I'm going to walk in and show you a picture, and we'll dive into what the actual altar is. Altar. I don't know what y'all think of when you think of to alter something, but I immediately think of Thanksgiving. So it's cool, right, because we're giving thanks, and it's the series, whatever. Okay, so I think of Thanksgiving probably for different reasons. Some of y'all are health freaks, and I'm pumped up for y'all. This is not putting y'all down. Praise God for the health people that are real conscious and you don't eat sugar and you make sure that you do whatever exercise you do and whatever. Praise God for you. That's not really me so much, okay? I, I don't try to be huge, but I do have some altering with my clothes from time to time, which means we, it's kind of like old school Oprah. She would show up a size 10 and she would show up a size 14 and she'd come back a six. Bam, 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 bam. I can, I can relate. Praise the Lord. Like I, it's up and down. It's like a heartbeat and that's kind of me. But on Thanksgiving, come on somebody. If you don't eat to a whole belt loop, you ain't eat. Are y'all with me? Like if I can get up from the table and I don't have to undo my belt and put it to the next one, I feel like I got robbed. Huh? Y'all don't, don't know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm talking about you got to put on the LBs. I know we, got, we probably have some wrestlers, and so y'all got to be careful and put saran wrap yourself and make sure you don't gain any weight and whatever wrestlers do. I wasn't ever that. I was a hooper. We could go run a little bit and get it off of us. And we didn't have to worry about the weight class. So I just went up to heavyweight on Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. But that, that is probably ridiculous, and that's my ADD. But, I, I mean, I think about it when I think of altar. There's, there's something that happens that, that changes when an alteration takes place. So if you ever get tailored to an exact 
like suit, they alter it to fit you. I'm here to tell you that God created you. Now, if you miss this, we're going to be lost during the message, but it's good. Just like a tailor alters my pants and has to go back and alter it again, but that's how I know. Just like a tailor alters my pants or my suit or my coat, if I go to a good place and they fit me for it, God altered you with a specific destiny in mind. Now watch this. He doesn't work it out as it's happening. You figure it out as it's happening, but God already worked it out. God already planned your entire life and he's destined you. Predestined literally means in the Greek to predetermine my destiny in Christ. And so when he did that, God is not full of surprises. Ta-da! God is not also surprised up there. Ho ho! Like that's not how he works. I work that way because I forget God along the way. Oh my gosh, look what you did. Not, you said you'd do it. Praise God, let's keep going. We should celebrate. We shouldn't be shocked. There's a difference. My heart's always in praise. I'm always going. So why do we miss that? Why does it feel like when the altering takes place, it's like going through, this is not cussing, it's using, it's like going through hell and back to be altered. Well, it's because we walk there. We've walked out of what he's called us to and walked into all that crap, right? And, and so we got to find our way back. And I'm about to show you that it's not God, it's us. So back to this altar. This is what it looks like. So you can look on the big screens, but I'll point like Vanna White and y'all can figure out which one you want to look at. So you've got the gates, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. But like, this is so big. I got so much in my brain that I want to tell y'all and I have not enough time, but... There's a story with the priest Aaron, who's Moses' brother, who gives a sacrifice. And these two bros, and I'm not going to go into their names because they got funny names and whatever, but they give a strange gift, a strange fire. It, and it's not, the, it's not the offering that God asked for. It's the one that they decided to do. And, and, and this is what I think the problem is. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, but along the way we can't forget this is not, this is not, don't miss this, this is not a literal sacrifice that he asked you to do because Jesus did it. Someone say Jesus did it. Jesus. You want to say it? Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Shannon could really pipe that one. <laughs> Hashtag white Tasha. All right, here we go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but just look up Tasha Cobbs. Jesus did it. Y'all can understand. But when we forget that we've entered we have an opportunity to be with God. That's what this picture is. It's not voodoo. It's not weird. When we trust Christ, the Bible says he's the gate. We're the, he's the, we're the sheep. He's the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. When we enter him, whenever we believe a sacrifice different has to be made than the sacrifice he's already made, we then step into this thing called religion, which the enemy loves. Because here's what religion says. You got to give God what he needs. You got to do enough, you better be good enough. You're not good enough and you better do more. You better do it, you better do it, you better do it. But relationship or presence of God or kingdom living says, God already made the sacrifice. He's got what I need, so he asked me for what I have. My sacrifice is not what God needs. Watch this. God does not need Mark. <laughs> I promise. He used the donkey in the Bible, so that gives me a lot of excitement because maybe because of that. But he does not need me. And the moment that I shift in my mind said, oh, if God, if I don't. Well, this is why we live the way we live. This is a rabbit trail, but y'all got to go with it. This is why we live the way we live. I think in my life that if I don't have you, whoever you are. So, so from my perspective, y'all can just look at me if, if you can't relate. The biggest giver in our church leaves. Oh, God, help me. I'm not making light of it. It would hurt. The five biggest givers in our church leave. It would sting. The moment that I think they are the ones providing, I'm about to rip this up. Is the moment that I say, thanks and all for this, God. I know Jesus died on the cross and all, but I need, I need, and we start telling God what we need and not offering him what we have. That's why religion is, kill, is a killer. Listen, that's why the system that some of y'all have grown up in has made you disgruntled toward church. It ain't Jesus. Amen. It ain't Jesus. Because here's what I need y'all to know. It ain't Jesus. Someone say it ain't Jesus. It ain't Jesus. 
I know y'all hate ain't, but this is the place that all of God's goodness flows out of. It's on the sacrifice and the goodness of God. It's on his altar that it flows out of. Now, his presence is in there. Our entrance is in here, but it's, on the, it's the sacrifice of God that everything flows from. So if we walk into him by trusting him as Savior, but we walk around his sacrifice and try to get into the presence of God, and this is only a picture, it's literally in your heart that I'm talking about, but if we forget God's goodness, then we start trying to earn what he's already paid for, and that's why we find ourselves so frustrated. This isn't a new idea. This is what he paid 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross for me. I'm just going to show it to you in Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So anytime I start making it up new, I've walked out of his goodness, I've walked out of his grace, I've walked out of the truth, and I've walked into a system that is a killer. It is death. That's why wars start with religion, y'all. All over the world, I'm telling you, if you'll look, most wars start with a religious point of view that makes man at the center. What I do dictates what God does. Nope. What he has, whether or not he has your heart, decides what you do. Let's keep going. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't be led away by these strange teachings because it'll take you around the sacrifice of God. It'll take you around the altar and it will lie to you and lead you to a system that is a killer. And there's all kinds of different ones today and it's the spirit of religion and we won't get into it anymore, but I'm just telling you, y'all have all been there. If you have, say yes. yes. That wasn't loud enough, but I still believe you. Here we go. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by Grace. What is grace? It's God's extension of himself to us. It's his goodness. It's favor is what the word literally means. It's him saying, I know what you need, Travis. So if you'll just open your hands, I'll take what you have and I'll give you what you need. I am your favor. That's Jesus to Travis. That is not Travis to Jesus. We open ourselves up and say, I don't know why you want this. I don't know why you need this but I'll give this to you. I'll give you that. I'll give you my time. I'll give you whatever you ask for. You say it and I'll do it. But it ain't about your money. It's about your heart. Don't ever miss it. Don't ever miss that. So don't be led away by these strange stuff because it's good for your heart to be strengthened by God and his goodness. Don't forget it. Don't walk around it. It's good to be strengthened by that. Not foods. Can I tell you what foods mean? It's not literally food, even though I just admitted that on Thanksgiving, praise the Lord, I'm strengthened by food. Or at least fattened. Come on, somebody. But, <clears throat> but in, back in those days, a true form of gluttony was, was, was crazy. And then they, worked, they ate food given to idols. Well, we, like, that's just not what we do. So this represents anything that we do that gives us peace when God should be our peace. This is anything, let me repeat this. This is anything that we go to and do. If y'all were here last week, for the message on, on being offended, this is the bait. This is the trap that gets us that bam, and it covers us and we're like, how did I end up in this mess? Because that stuff does not truly benefit us, does it? Somebody say no. no. Nope. To those devoted to them. I'm gonna tell you who's devoted to them, this world. Everybody we see and mark when I walk out of God's grace. And me before I met Jesus truly as my savior as a teenager. That was me. So what do we do about it? We have, this is a cool word, we should preach on this. We have an altar. One more time, come on, get, get ready. We have, a, we have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For those, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, or burned outside the camp. Translation, real quick, this is what it means. Back in the day before Jesus, a sacrifice had to be made by an animal. They would kill the animal outside, they would sacrifice it, then they would pour the blood on the fire inside and then burn it. But the death had to happen outside so the gift could be done inside and we could have, we could have freedom, watch, to walk into the most holy place because the sacrifice was made. So, so, 
death, walk through the gates, put the blood on. Then the high priest once a year could walk into the most holy place when the temple was built. That's not what happens now because Jesus paid the price. And this is what it says. Look at this. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate. If you, go, if you ever go to the old city of Jerusalem, I can take you to the place where Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected outside the gate. Hum, it's about to get good. But he didn't stay outside the gate because he went down and then went back up and he set the captives free and he gave us the right by shedding his blood. The blood then was spilled on us. So inside the gate, this is the gate now. This is the most holy place now. No matter where he shed his blood, it was outside the old city so that they could make it law. But it fulfilled the prophecy because they did it that way. And it gives me a right to be his son and you a right to be his son and daughter. He died as the sacrifice, so we didn't keep having to kill cows. If anybody's thankful that we don't have to do that, say amen. amen. That'd be crazy awkward. Murr, dead, spill the blood, like, and then cook it and do all the stuff you got to do. I'd eat it, but still, let's keep going. Therefore, let us go out, go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. What does that mean? Do we have to be beaten? And do we have to suffer the same sufferings he did? Absolutely not. We take on Jesus. This is going to be good in a minute. I'm just telling you. We take on Jesus to receive everything that he's got. So we endure by taking him as Savior, by trusting him. All this takes place for here. We have no lasting city. But listen, this is what it means. Everything that takes place on this planet, everything that takes place, what you're building, our 401ks, all of that stuff, eventually it's getting taken from us, even if it's just in death. Well, I need to leave something for my kids. It's going to get taken from them too and our children's children and them after them. And I don't believe we should be foolish and just spend all of our money. Spend all of our time. Act foolish. What I do believe is that the city that I'm in today is not as important as the city that is to come. What city is that? That's glory. That's heaven. That's where we're going. That's why we're wanting to bring that culture down to here because one day I will live in that place. This is a temporary home for me. The Bible says I'm an alien and a stranger in a foreign land that is here now. So I'm ready to bring my culture down to earth. And that's all of us. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Through him, meaning Jesus, then let us continually offer up a a praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So, if you read this, you would immediately argue, maybe. Yeah, but you said we didn't have to give a sacrifice. I didn't say that. I said the onus isn't on you, that God doesn't need you. But he uses you in a great way because he's predetermined what he has for you. But we can't forget God because it's on the altar that everything flows. And so there's two things that I want to show you from the altar. Two things that happen on the altar. If you have a pen, if you have something, I'd love for y'all to take notes right now. And if you don't, I'd love for y'all to take notes right now. So here we go. Two things that happen on the altar. Number one, it's a place of exchange. Somebody say exchange. Exchange. I'm going to show you what exchange means. Exchange literally means to take one thing for another. You're like, oh my gosh, that is groundbreaking information, but it also means to alter. And I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was fascinating. When I think of exchange, like this might be funny to y'all, but I grew up collecting baseball cards. Did any of y'all collect baseball cards growing up? Let me see. A couple of y'all. Yeah, so... A bunch of y'all grew up collecting baseball cards. What would we do? Like, we'd get 10 packs of Fleer and Tops and, and Donruss and all those different kinds, right? And, and we would find one that you had, right? And what would we do? Say it out loud. Trade them. Trade them. We would have an exchange. Here's what's so funny about that. If you remember being little and doing this, now, ladies, I don't know, I didn't see many of y'all raise your hand, but I, I know some of y'all did because I had some girls that I exchanged with. I'm not talking about a phone number either. We're good. You're welcome for that. But like, at the moment that you want to make a trade, you're not thinking about, is this worth the same? Right? When you're a little kid, not today. (laughs) Another story. But when you're a little kid, the only thing you're thinking about is, I want Dale Murphy, because he was the man back in the day. The Murph. Y'all don't even know who I'm talking about, I guess. But here we go. Brave center fielder, nobody's with me, come on. Uh, But like, I want that, so I don't care what I have, I want what you got. So I'm willing to make an exchange for what you have so that I can give you what I have. Because a true exchange isn't about what you have, 
or I have. It's about, I want what you got, and I'm not worried about the value. I just want to make a trade because I care to do this. And so when we put ourselves in the picture of what the altar really does, we have to remember that an exchange, the great exchange, the only true great exchange in the history of the world took place. The only thing baseball card-wise I could think of is the most expensive card, I think the most expensive card out there still is the Honus Wagner. And like it's worth over a quarter million dollars. If it was mint, it'd be worth over a million dollars. I think there were five of them still around. I might be wrong, but that's a lot. I don't know where y'all come from, but pretty much a quarter million seems a lot to anybody. Some of y'all might better sneeze it out if you do. I, I rebuke you for not tithing. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. Just kidding. Just kidding. But if I had a Honus Wagner and you, you had a little beat up old Braves card because I loved the Braves back in the day and I traded you 250K for that jacked up old Braves card, you would think, Say what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But that's really the exchange that happened on the altar. It's really what took place. Can I show you? Say yes. yes. If you say no, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. <laughs> Hebrews 13. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate like the animals used to because you had to make a blood sacrifice without the shedding of blood. Hebrews 9, 22, there could be no forgiveness. So Jesus became the shed blood and made a sacrifice outside the gate in order to sanctify people through his own blood. An exchange was made instead of a spotless lamb. Here's what my mind thinks of is Isaac. When Abraham had a promised son, and he said, I tell you what, I know I promised you this son, but I want you to take him up to Mount Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice him. But an exchange was made. Instead of Abraham's son, in the thicket, there was a, a spotless lamb. Can I tell you what the picture of that exchange is? That instead of you giving up your spotless, your promised, your stuff, he'd have one waiting on you that could take the place for it, there was an exchange that would be made. And it's the greatest exchange ever given because if we had to give up our kids, it would be so devastating. But God of the, like, I just freak out when I think about this. God gave up the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the word. Like, everything about him is unbelievable if you really just start digging into what Jesus is, who Jesus is, and what he did for us. And yet... There was an exchange made for my sake and for yours. So the moment that I start thinking the onus falls on me is the moment that I forgot what this was about. Because I can't forget it. Because true life exchange happened through his blood. So I thought this was a perfect description and picture. In the message translation in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I love this, y'all. I thought it was such a great picture of what an exchange really is about and what happened on the altar. So 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9 through 11 in the message translation says, you're familiar with the generosity of our master Jesus. Rich as he was, and there's nothing that can describe him that's a true word. He's much better than rich. But as great and grand and majestic as he was, he gave it all away for us in one stroke. Not in a system, not in an order, but in one move, he became poor so that we could become rich. That's an exchange, by the way. If you want to put a star beside something, put a star right there and say, that's the great exchange. He became poor so that I became rich. Second Corinthians 5 says, he became sin so that I could be righteousness. That is an exchange, exchange, exchange. He became dead so that I could be son. Exchange took place. These exchanges are throughout the Bible, but it's all from the same place, from the altar is where it flows from. He gave me his life, so instead he took on my death. That is not a good trade. Someone say bad trade. Yes. Say it again, say bad trade. But I'm thankful for that bad trade because that's the only reason I have life. It's not a trade I could make. I could never gain enough to make a trade for his life. His life is worth all the world times a billion, and we couldn't even begin to pay the down payment. Bad trade. But God did it anyway because he became poor so that I could be rich, became, became sin so that I could be his righteousness. And so here's what, I'm, here's what I think. And it's what I think too, so I'm just going to say it like it's mine. The best thing that we can do right now is finish what God started, what we started doing last year. 
and not let those good intentions grow stale because that's what happens when we walk around the altar. When we forget God's goodness, when we forget God's grace, we walk around by good intentions. Good intentions are awesome, but they are only a starting point. And if we live off good intentions and not God's directions, we will never reach God's destiny. Because people die with good intentions saying, what could it have been? I'm tired of what it could have been. I'm doing what God said. I'm preaching pretty good. Come on. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've been, I love this. I love how the author of the message wrote this. You've got what it takes to finish up. So go to it. Go finish. And I feel like right here what we would say is, well, how do I have what it takes? Because you've got an exchange. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to people that have taken the goodness of God, that have trusted him as Lord. I don't have to manufacture this. God already did it. I've got what it takes. Someone say, I've got what it takes. Say it again. Say, I've got what it takes. Not because of what you did, but because of the great exchange that took place. Once the commitment is clear that I don't have to do this and be great because God already said it and he's already done it and I just get to be what he says I am. You can, or you do what you can, not what you can't. Like this is the clearest leadership lesson. This is the clearest, it's beautiful. We should star this in our Bibles. You've got what it takes because of what he's done, so stop trying to do what you can't. Stop beating yourself up for what you're not and just be what God says you are. And then, I just love this last part because I feel like then the author gives us like this, this description of, all right, so here's, here's what it looks like. The heart regulates the hand, not the other way around. What you believe determines how you behave, not the other way around. Your heart decides what your hand will do. The Bible actually says out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks as well. So my heart regulates my mouth, my heart regulates my hand. And so I say this all the time. Y'all have heard this. If you ever want to know what's inside someone, put a little pressure on them. Find out anything you want to know. (laughs) I don't always like that, by the way. I just be real with y'all. It's not always gone well for me. You say amen. (laughs) This is why every single week I ask y'all, please ask God what he would have you do when it comes to your offering. Because if you give guilty, nothing's gonna change in your life because your heart regulates your hand. Your actions, your attitudes, your deeds, everything that takes place is who has your heart. Have you filled it with the food or have you filled it with the Lord Jesus? Because I can never be good enough. But here's the good news, here's the good news. The first thing that happens at the altar is it's a place of exchange. Say it one more time. Exchange. And the second thing that happens is a place of sacrifice. Say sacrifice. 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 So a sacrifice is still being made. Yep. Still being made. But it's not the big one. That exchange already took place. Tooks. I don't even know what that word is, so y'all just go with it. That exchange already took place, and it tooks too. What God requires of you today is a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. That our minds should be transformed so so the heart regulates the hand. What we believe dictates what we do. That our minds are transformed by him and that we offer ourselves living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. Check this out. The word sacrifice in the Greek literally means an offering on God's terms. How cool is that? An offering on God's terms. A simple act of obedience of what God called you to do. So I got to give y'all this example. This may challenge y'all or it may free y'all. And my goal is that it'll free y'all. Did you know that if I had $100,000, which I don't, but if I had $100,000 and I gave it to God today, it may not be blessed? You're like, say what? If God told me to give $10,000, now check this out, I just... If I felt in my heart God told me, give $10,000 to Leah, that would work well for me because it would stay. (laughs) But if God said, give $10,000 to Travis, and I said, ooh, I don't want to do that, I want to give $100,000 to build 
something in, in China because I, those people need it. Something in, in another foreign country. I, I got to build wells. And even though you said to give it to him, I'm going to go do what needs to be done. Now watch. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here, but I show talking to me. Because we tell God what he needs to do. Like, this is the irony of my conversation with myself that y'all are just getting to engage in. I constantly tell God how the world needs to change and how there's so much suffering and violence and God, this is what needs to happen and he is flipping God, y'all. God who spoke and out of his mouth is light, speed, crazy breath. Can y'all imagine what that looked like? I bet it was nuts. And he, everything he did is good and he's awesome and he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. He is so big and majestic and awesome and yet I think that I need to tell him how much I should watch sacrifice. Because there's like two, two crazy sides of this coin. On one side, I never want to sacrifice and it's only what I want. It's only God given to me. And then this other crazy side of the coin, but we've all been there. If you've walked with God, you've all, you, we've been there, is I need to take a list, check it twice, and find out how naughty or nice I've been, Santa Jesus. Like, we, take, we, we make this thing, right? We make this thing, and we, 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 we keep score. God, look how much I've done for you. Now, what are you doing for me? And we, like, hold our hands out and say, do it now, let's do And so if God calls us to do this much, we get frustrated and think, I should be suffering more. Because we take the Bible literally in places that we should take it as a metaphor. And we think, well, I'm supposed to share in his suffering. So we watch, we beat ourselves up for how awful we used to be, for what people think about us. And we're constantly just punching ourselves, y'all. And we think, I need to make an offering that God will be pleased with. But if God didn't tell you to do it, he ain't going to be pleased with it. Why? Because he already made the great exchange. He doesn't need your greatness. He, this is the sacrifice that is asked of you. Open your hand up and get, give me what you have and he'll ask it. I'm telling you, God will show you. Well, he's never shown me. You probably never asked him. He'll show you what he desires of you, what you have, so he can truly give you what you need. But when you constantly tell God what you need, you don't believe the kingdom message. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you and me. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has tomorrow taken care of. And by the way, let's go back to, to chapter 13, verse 8 of Hebrews. My Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's got tomorrow and 10 years from now and 100 years from now taken care of. He's already been where I'm going. So I either decide, okay, I'm going to walk in the gates. I'm going to make this, we're going to build the cool sacrificial lamb, ding dong, blue, whatever you want to call it. And then like, I got to do all this and God, look at all that I've done for you. I've kept the list. Jesus, when are you going to bless me? And I feel like Jesus would just look at us with so much compassion and love because he's not angry and say, Mark, calm down, bro. Like, for reals. Yeah, but Jesus, look, I've got all this trouble around me. Oh, help me, Jesus. Bro, you're in the courts of the Lord. I, I've prepared a table before you with a fence up so I know the enemies are being formed but no weapon formed against you can prosper. Don't you worry about what's being formed against you. Just walk. And when you give your gift, don't, don't want it to be celebrated. Celebrate me. Because that simple act of obedience changes everything. I am going to preach that really good in about two weeks because something crazy is going on but I got to hold it. Shoo, I'm about to yell. This is what it's about. It's your heart, y'all. God already did the big one. Stop believing you're not good enough. The moment you think that, you've taken the bait. It ain't about your good. It ain't even about your offering. It's about your heart being open-handed and open-minded, and it's ultimately here. Look what Hebrews says. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is what comes out of here, right? That acknowledges him not just publicly, but privately in everything that we do. And don't neglect to do good and share what you have because that sacrifice pleases God. So when should I do this? When, God's, when God gives you that impression that it's time. Not, don't miss this, don't miss it, please don't miss it. When you do it out of guilt. You know the difference, don't you? I know the difference. I know when I feel this guilty, 
I, they should have more. I feel awful. Please don't ever do it. Don't give to this church out of guilt. I'm serious. That's why I ask y'all every week. What did God say? I don't want you to miss what God has for you. I don't care about me when it comes to that. We are the body of Christ together, but it matters for you, y'all. And we miss it all the time because we think, oh, if I'd bring, oh, God's mad at me. No, he loves you and he wants for you. But he's a gentleman and he's not going to pour down his grace, his favor on people that aren't even trustworthy with what we got now. But don't go to the other side of the pendulum and think, I've got to beat myself up and be this martyr. If God calls you to do it, then stand upright and go to heaven. But until then, don't kill yourself spiritually hoping that people will put you on a statue. I want Jesus to have a statue and not the Swedish kind of Jesus, like the real kind of Jesus. Some of y'all didn't get it, but you can tell them later. He wasn't Swedish. All right, here we go. But, but I want the real Jesus to have like the picture of who he is, not me. And, and so often we, we, we want to be famous and we want to be known. If I'm known, it's only because Jesus called, God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when people thought of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they thought of God. That's why he wants to make people famous, not so that they're famous, but so that they'll know his name. As soon as we get that mixed up in our heart, we've gone into the fire that God provides and made our own sacrifice, that strange smell to God. It's a strange fire. Because he already made a bad trade, but it was a good trade for me and you. Because my sacrifice is with my life. So this is how I want to close today because I, I always just like practicality and I think y'all know that about me, but I get frustrated in school, in life, when people tell me what to do and then they don't tell me how to do it. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So this is how we do it. All right, here we go. No one's awake. All right, here we This is how we do. Okay. Ephesians 5 starts in verse 16 that says, don't walk as unwise, walk as wise. Knowing that these days that we're living in are buck wild, they're crazy, right? So just be alert. And then watch this. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. That word debauchery means you do all kinds of crazy, jacked up things that you would never even naturally do. They're so depraved and crazy. But this is not about wine. I'm telling you, it's not about wine. This is not for drinking or against drinking. It is neutral when it comes to drinking. It is that your mind becomes so cloudy with stuff which certainly could include wine. But it's not singular out. That is definitely not the point. The point is that you're filled with other stuff, but be filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Addressing, and then this is hilarious if you just read it and don't understand. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So I told Leah laying in bed, I was like, when I read this, I just laugh out loud because I just think, what would life be like if every time we saw each other, it was like, hey, what's up, Jordan? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Right, that'd be weird. Nobody else thinks it'd be a little awkward. Although I kind of like it. It's funny because Jordan feels awkward right now. It's not, I mean, for real, if... if Helen, I see you in the back. I know this is you. If y'all know Ellen, she, she'll sing to you. She's awesome. Here's what, here's what I believe that it means truly. is in your private time, have a song in your heart. Be full of thanksgiving. No matter your circumstances, through the stupid, through the crazy, through the up, and the most awesome, praise God. Let your heart regulate and tell your hand what to do. And because I remember God's goodness and because I remember the bad trade that he made for the good trade he gives me, I, I just constantly think of the sacrifice of praise because it's not a sacrifice of death. It's a sacrifice of life that I get to give because he gave a sacrifice of death. That exchange was made so that I could have life. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to do. God doesn't need me. He chooses to use me. What grace that is in itself. So I open my hands and I say, God, what can I give you? with nothing, but you choose to use it anyway. So give me what I need because I know it's already there and I'll give you what I have because I know you want to use me. Let's do this thing, God. 
and I open myself up and out of the altar of God, everything starts flowing out. And it's not my stuff. It's not me trying to manage it. It's not me trying to make it good enough. It's not me trying to talk you into, I've got this calling on my life. I've got this calling on my life, whether you think I do or not. Now I get to stand on the promises of God and say, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. God, you move me when you say move. I'm not going anywhere till you say go. I need to move though, so I'm gonna move. Thank you, Lord. Addressing each other like this. And then so it feels kind of, what if I don't feel like it? What if I don't do it? Well, listen, if, if life is a mess all around you, they're not going to change. But what would life look like if we started addressing each other in kindness and in love? I'm just saying, like, what if we started building each other up? Because that's what this says. Giving thanks to God. Giving thanks always for everything God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he's done constantly giving thanks and then and if you read this differently than this you'll miss the whole point then submitting yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ here's what that means simply some of y'all have never heard me preach this before but I've preached this a lot when it comes to marriage I think this is the best passage in all of the Bible for marriage best passage of all the things 531 says that we leave our father and mother and the two become one flesh. The verses in between there are the directions for marriage. But this one better not be left off because this is how my marriage has life. Submitting myself to Leah does not mean that Leah is the head of my household. It means that I take everything that I am to try to lift her out of where she is. And we, I use the word leverage, but pick each other up with our whole hearts with our whole lives and the purpose is not so I worship Leah it's because I'm worshiping God out of reverence for him I look at her so 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 if you want to know if you're doing this this is what it looks like by the way to address each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs I don't I actually do sing songs to you but this is real awkward y'all are in the real zone right now I'm about to say I can't help it you're so pretty I can't help it all right moving on it's not really when I'm having fun with Leah and singing. It's when Leah's life is falling apart all around her and I can do something about it. Watch this. If I'm too busy at work to go pick the kids up when her life's falling apart, I'm choosing not to submit myself to Leah. I'm choosing to say, you should submit my, yourself to me. Sometimes I got to look and say, I'm out, Austin. I'm out, guys. I'm still doing my job. But at three o'clock today, she needs a break. So I'm going to help. What can I do to help? Until you do that, don't ever complain about your marriage. I've not earned the right to complain about my marriage until I've leveraged 100% of Mark Pangle for her out of reverence for him. And when I don't build her up and not tear her down, I'm the problem. Watch this. In my home, I'm the problem. I don't care if she loses her mind. I don't care if she gets depressed. I don't care if she gets a rare disease. It doesn't matter. Watch this. Only thing that matters is how will I behave? Where does that behavior come from? From what I believe from who I am trying to be reverent to, from what I think I'm owed, because we live in a society that is full of, you owe me something, she owes me nothing, she gave me her heart. God owes me gracious day nothing, he gave me his life. So I lay myself down on an altar of praise to leverage myself to make her better. Do you know I do the same thing with my kids and I can do it while I'm disciplining them because discipline is good if it's calm. <laughs> That's a whole message. <laughs> if I'm yelling, I ain't trying to submit my, you know. Sometimes it takes some hard discipline, but I'm taking who I am and not saying I'm too busy, you handle it, or vice versa, because this is a team effort. You know what I love about the song that y'all sang? the Holy Wedding Day song, I just get this picture of this. This is a story of a bride and groom that are out by that glassy sea. And here's what I'm telling you is, I think about you when I hear that, but more importantly, I think about Jesus. I'm gonna try not to cry because I'm here to tell y'all this is not gender specific. This is spiritual specific. The Bible says that Jesus is the bridegroom 
And he's the groom at the glassy sea waiting on me to come in with a relationship with him because he made a sacrifice that I could be one flesh with him. And as the bride of Jesus, that is us corporately and that is me privately, I get to enter the throne room where my two has become one. I have relationship and fellowship with him every single day. And what the problem is, is you think you got to do this thing on your own because you failed to realize that the groom is way better and he paid a price for you and that you don't have to suffer. You don't have to get through things. You don't have to make it on your own that he's already done it. And no matter what suffering I've been through, my groom is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's better. He's beautiful and wonderfully made. He, he, is, he is absolutely unbelievable. The firstborn of all creation loves me in spite of what I've done and paid a sacrifice. It's out of the sacrifice that he made that everything life flows. And when I miss that, I can't do this. I can't build my relationships up. I can't build my job up. I can't build things up. I can't give grace to people that really need it but don't deserve it. I can't do that because I've not realized what he's done for me. And it's out of the overflow of God that I have hope to be the man of God that he's called me to be. Not what you think I am, but what he's called me to be. So here's how I'll close today. I believe there's a few groups of people in here. I believe there's some people that you're saved and you've taken God as Savior. Truly in a marriage picture, you've trusted him as Lord. But your relationship is like a lot of relationships. Husband and wife in this room is rocky and it's frustrating. Do you know you have the most consistent husband in the whole world named Jesus? It ain't him. He's waiting on you with open arms. No matter how much you have adultered your heart, I'm not making light of adultery. I'm talking about our hearts. No matter how much we've walked away and cheated on our Lord, he doesn't care. He says, I forgive you. I love you. Come on home. Come on home. Some of us need to do that today. Some of us need to make that right. And then there's those of us that are desperately in need of some love. But you don't think you deserve it. You don't think you're worth it. And I just think God would tell us it's on the altar that I paid the price for you. And I'm waiting on you to walk the aisle. Now watch how cool this is. But not an aisle made by man, but an aisle leading to a glassy sea that's got your groom waiting on you because he loves you. He's waiting on you. And he's on the steps. And God the Father, his pastor, who's his daddy and his friend is standing there beside him with the book of life open waiting on you to come receive the good news that he's waiting on you to marry you to put the ring on your finger and say you're mine and I'm yours now he's already bought it he's just waiting on you to come down the aisle you've got to decide if you'll do that or not and then everybody's life can leave different because of the altar of God. Your marriages can be healed. Your homes can be healed. And this starting point can be awesome because every day you can experience God new every morning. Will you pray with me? God, in this moment, I believe you're moving in hearts. And I just pray that you do that like only you can. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to know who wants to walk the aisle and start a relationship with Jesus right now. I believe that what God just told me to say was anointed from him and he meant that for you. And I do believe there's people in here that need to say yes to Jesus. I will trust you as my spiritual husband, as the Lord of my life, as the one who sacrificed so that I could be free, so that I could have life in your name. I choose life right now. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Come on, all over the room. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just want you to say, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. Will you put your hand up a little higher? Ma'am, I can see you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else say, she's not the only one, Pastor. Thank you. Will you keep your hand up just for a second? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want y'all to know that this is all salvation really is about. It's not a magic formula and it's not a magic wand. It's simply you saying, Jesus, I, I accept your love and trust you. I love you back in Jesus' name. If you just say that in your heart right now, 
I believe that you're saved. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. I want to know before I ask y'all to move if we can celebrate together that two people have said, I want to be the bride of Jesus Christ today. Thank you, Lord. Hey, look, we're family in here, so why don't y'all look at me? Brothers and sisters, feels really weird as a dude to say bride, but we're going to say it anyway, right? Hey, brides, let me just talk to y'all because I think everybody in here is now because two of y'all just said yes to Jesus. How many of y'all have marriages that need to get better, have homes that need to be healed, have a rocky marriage with the Lord that needs some work, but it's not your sacrifice. It's remembering God's sacrifice that needs to be done. I Please, 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 please don't stand out of my manipulation. I know we got some people in here who literally have physical trouble not to stand. You're cool. But let's just stand to our feet together if that's you and say, I'm ready to see my marriage different. I'm ready to see my home different. I'm ready to see my life different. I'm ready right now in Jesus' name to pick up what he's put on. Jesus, you're so awesome. And we love you. God, it's out of your altar that everything flows. I just pray that you'll bless the marriages in this room. I just felt really strongly to preach about that for a minute today. And so I just pray for restoration and healing. God, for the men and women in this room that are walking with you, I believe with all my heart, we have several that are doing that. I pray blessings over them. And blessings over the ones that feel so far from you, they're embarrassed to even be here today. Lord, that you'll bless them and let them know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you don't hold their past against us and them. You choose to love us and say, what sin? Come home. I love you. So God, today we turn our hearts to you and we worship you in spirit and in truth and just tell you we love you. And we give you a praise that is worth hearing from heaven because you're just worth it. You're worthy. We love you, God. I'm so excited, God, about the life change that you've done today. And I just want to tell you you're awesome and I love you and I love you so much because you love me first. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Y'all stand with us.